from the pages of ramblingbeachcat.com. This is Seth and Nick here. You'll have to forgive us as our passion for lost causes got the better of us this week. We spent a lot more time venting our frustration about Kentucky football than we intended. But it's okay because Katie Kearns, our guest for the Dale segment tonight, bailed on us. Yeah. Katie is our friend Brad's wife, and she was forbidden from podcasting with us. Which is a shame because she has a great Dale story, and it broke our streak of hot women on the podcast at two episodes. But we still have some great stories for you. It's all coming up here on the Rambling Beach Cast. Uh, I'm going to cue the music. One, two, uh, see what you can do. I am hopping mad right now. Like I am, I am hopping mad. Like I'm so mad because what makes me angry is that our athletic director, Mitch Barnhart, in an interview with Kentucky Sports Radio in late November, said, "I'm going to give Joker Phillips, our head coach, time to turn the program around." What an asinine statement! <laughs> what an asinine statement! There's a debate we can have another day, Seth, whether Kentucky's good enough to be a great football school or whether we're just going to be a, you know, a school that wins a few games occasionally. But the thing is that at least with Rich Brooks, we had a chance to win any game we played. Yeah, that's you true. Know? Yeah, for that was at least two or three years, we, were, we had a shot at every game that we played in. And every season, it was almost a guarantee that we were going to upset somebody. That somebody yeah. somebody was going to fall victim to Kentucky football. Yeah, their current coach now is. People are saying, "Well, he's only been there three years." It's like, no, he hasn't. You know, just like you say at the beginning of the radio show from the pages of RamblingBeachCat.com. I wrote an article a long time ago, before last season was even over, detailing every single reason Joker was failing, why he needed to be fired. I'm not paid six figures to run an athletic department. I wish I was. I yeah. could do just as good a job right now. And, and I'm not saying I'm a genius prophet. Well, no, check that. I am a genius, and I can be a prophet. But in this case, I'm not because a lot of people had the same had the same idea. Mm-hmm. They were like, you know, this isn't going to work. Uh, he's, you know, he fired some of our best position coaches because he needed people to who could recruit yeah, better. Better recruiters. Yeah, he fired he fired offensive and defensive line coaches who were great. And what are the two most underperforming areas of the team right now? Yeah. And that's where football games are won. And and the thing is that, you know, Mitch Barnhart gets out there when he's talking on interviews. Well, really, we don't really listen to what the fans say. Okay, just from a PR standpoint, that's stupid. Yeah, yeah, alienate your fan base. Yeah, it's like, just give us your money. Shut up and, you know, as you would say with your fry voice. <laughs> yeah. Shut up and take my money. Yeah. I don't know. And I mean, this isn't the first time this sort of thing has happened. We'll, we'll talk about this maybe in other instances, but I don't know, like me, you, a lot of people saw this coming. Mm-hmm. We're not paid a lot of money. And Barnhart, I don't know. And I mean, I don't, I don't want to get to questions here, but we had a question on Twitter from a, a follower of mine, you know, who, who asked about uh, Kentucky. I mean, did did Barnhart, was he just okay with us losing? I don't know. I, I, don't, think, I don't think he was okay with us losing, but... 
this this that Western Kentucky game it was it, it put me in such a daze, and I wanted to be mad. And there were points where I was mad, but then there were points where I was just kind of that typical Kentucky defeated attitude of, well, it's just us, you know, it, it's. It, it's what we came to expect. It's what we lived through for five years when we went to school there. This is a team we beat by like what forty points a couple of years ago. Yeah, they had they had a what was a twenty six game losing streak. They've been a division yeah. one football team for four years now. Yeah, and they, yeah, they were winless in a couple seasons. They they had what six people on their roster who had offers from SEC schools. Yeah, they they this is a Sun Belt team who is supposed to not have the, the caliber players that an SEC team would, and they just whipped us. They whipped us up and down the field. For the score to be that close and to go into overtime, and, and really, you know, I thought we were going to steal one. I really thought we were going to steal that game. And I don't know, West, but I felt, I felt bad deserved, about it the whole time. Western deserved to win it. Yeah, but I'll tell you, and I'm not getting Seth. I was writing the article for Bleacher Report. I was writing the article about us losing in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and I mean, when when we tied, I thought, oh, you know, I would love to have to go back and and redo this whole thing. But I mean, I could just. Ugh. But and, and I'm sorry for those of you guys who aren't big football fans or don't know. I mean, we should probably. I mean, Kentucky lost to Western. We're the third best team in the state right now. At All right, hold, hold okay. on a second. Yeah. Someone, uh, right. someone, someone hire a stripper for your birthday. Yeah, yeah. just showed up. There's Tedra, and Tedra had a post. He said, "Yeah, that Mitt Romney stripper that I ordered for you should be arriving any minute now." Yeah, uh, yeah, it was for a those case you... of termitis interruptus. Yeah, for those of you who are our listeners who don't know, Seth. Well, wait. Actually, I thought you know I feel bad. It was yesterday your real birthday or today? No, today is my real birthday. So oh, now I feel bad because I wished you a happy birthday in a sultry voice yesterday. No. It, it, I, I celebrated it. Happy birthday, my little cauliflower. Oh, cauliflower does not know how to react. <laughs> I'm glad, uh, glad Kentucky could gift wrapped a giant turd for you. Oh, it was polished and everything, man. But those of you guys who don't like football, I'm so, but here's my thing: is with decisions like these. I mean, some of these things happen, and like for instance, I don't know if you were if you were one of these people. I know I was the the first time when when we got rid of Tubby Smith in basketball. Uh, the first person I said was Calipari, mm-hmm. and instead we went with Billy Gillespie, which I admit I, I was taken in. I thought, oh, that's a good hire. It didn't work, but then we go with Calipari. Now, I'm not like some super egotistical sports fan, but I'm just saying. Do you ever get the feelings of these people who are in charge? I mean, like Mitch Barnhart, I know he has to deal with a million things, and I know the football is not the only part of his job. That there's, you know, the Olympic sports were all doing great and stuff, but this thing with Joker was telegraphed how bad it would be, and he just kept doing it. Yeah. He, oh, yeah. by the way, do you know we paid Western five hundred thousand dollars for that game? Oh yeah, that's what happened. We paid five hundred thousand dollars for a loss. So most expensive cupcake that we'll ever eat. Yeah, so I mean, Seth, do you? I don't know. I mean, do you think sometimes? Uh, I don't. I don't really know how to how to put this into words. You know, is there just sometimes where fans know better than these? You know, they're always like, "Oh, we don't listen to the fans. Oh, the fans are out." And yeah, if you listen to the Colin shows, you go, "I don't care." I mean, Matt Jones one time had a caller after the Louisville game who literally said, "We need to hire a white coach." Yeah, I mean that's <laughs> embarrassing. I, yeah. I understand those fans are idiots, but yeah, there, there's so much. There is a lot you have to filter out. Because there are thousands of fans who are saying thousands of different things. 
I mean, any possibility out there, the, some fan is screaming for it, and someone will eventually be proven right. But I think this was one of those cases where we had our blue-tinted visors on and thought that this was going to be a continuation of the Rich Brooks era where we had success in terms of going to bowl games and making that the expectation and having somebody who was under him continue that same system, continue that same success. And the, it was just a bonus that Joker was a Kentucky guy, you know, through and through, played for Kentucky, and that he was African-American. I mean, that is part of it, but it's, it's not the be-all, end-all of, of anything. Kentucky is the only, the only state that has three African-American head coaches in place yeah. in, all of, in all three of its major schools. But that's just a side note. I mean, it, it's something interesting and that's great for racial integration or whatever you want to call it. But <laughs> wow, that's great for having a mix. We gotta let <laughs> we gotta let them have their time, Nick. We gotta let them have their time. Well, and that's, some people even say if you don't like Joe, you're like now, I don't care if our coach is purple. Yeah, I don't care either. It, it's about just... wins and and how you reflect the program how how are you a good spokesman and uh for the program and are you a good coach for for these students you know f- to get them to wherever they need to want to go in life yeah but, the, but yeah the we we had our blue tinted glasses on thinking that joker phillips was the choice to rock the boat as little as possible and unfortunately we had I, there's there's a few small key things that went wrong that kind of train wrecked our program, and part of it was you're, you're right the, the the whole T Martin thing and the, the recruiting and firing of those coaches that were actually good coaches. The other was the whole Morgan Newton Ryan Mosakowski debacle, where yeah. you had you had two highly highly recruited you know, four or five star recruit quarterbacks come in. And you were hoping that one of them was going to work out, yeah. After the after Randall Cobb left, and it just didn't happen. And you yeah. were banking so hard on that on that coming through, and the train wreck the yeah. past two years. But it's it's not just even Kentucky. What what really makes me mad, like you were talking about, we all banked on. Yeah, we did. But that's understandable. I mean, Joker, I thought was a good hire, and we all, you know. But eventually, when it got to the point last year. Mm-hmm. Where things, you know, you could tell it's like, okay, he fired head position coaches that were great. He's lost the team. They're going, and we're all saying this. Mitch is like, no, we don't listen to the fans. We know what we're doing. Yeah. And then we turn out to be right. Joker's That's not, yeah, it's not the only time. Like, I'll give you an example with with my team, the Atlanta Hawks pro team. You know, I'm watching them, and and they're they're just tanking. You know, left and right. And I remember a, a couple of years ago, I said, you know, this isn't going to work. This is not going to work. And they were like, oh, well, you know, we know what we're doing. We're, we believe in the core. And it's like, you know, the core players we have, it's like, it's it's not going to work. You've got to get rid of this guy, this guy. No, we know what we're doing. And then this year it's like, yeah, yeah, we, we need to get rid of uh, these players and, and blow up the team. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not paid to make these decisions, and I've been saying it for two years. Yeah. And, I look, I get things wrong on sports all the time with, like, you know, well, let's go for this guy on a trade or let's go. But, like, some of these decisions were – and, I mean, here's the thing with the Hawks. I, I wasn't the only person saying that. It was a chorus of people screaming that. Sure. So, I don't know. I mean, do you think – do you think sometimes these athletic departments, they almost stay with stuff just in defiance? Like, do you think Mitch was thinking, you know, I know better? Well, 
you think about the expectations now for football teams and when they hire a new coach, it used to be that you got five years to establish your recruiting Joker days. was not a new coach. I, I know, I know, but I just yeah. follow me follow me out here. Okay. It used to be that you got five years to establish yourself to 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 recruit and to turn basically turn around a program. And when you look at Rich Brooks, that's about how long it took. Yeah. You know, it, and and then we had a what he was there for 7 years. Yeah. Oh, longer than that, I think. 8 years. Yeah, I think it was closer to that. Yeah, and so we had you know the the benefits of that success and, and his better recruiting. Now the expectation is whoever Kentucky hires next, how many years do you think we're going to give them? Well, but you see that's the thing. It's it's not the issue. I think we all and that's the thing. I think you'll have idiot fans that want us to go and and one year you know yeah, turn it's, around. Well, it's two years. Two years is the expectation now. Yeah. And then it's, if that doesn't work, our, it's our ADD nature to go on to the next Baskin Robbins flavor. But but you see, here's the thing though. That's not with Joker though. Joker wasn't a new coach. He right. was the coach in waiting for like three years. He was the recruiting coordinator, offensive coordinator. There wasn't supposed to be this problem. Right. Right. That's yeah. That's why you have the whole coach and waiting thing. And really, to be honest, where else has this coach and waiting thing actually worked? worked? You yeah, know, you might have an argument for uh, Jimbo Fisher at Florida State, but even <laughs> oh. then, even then, <laughs> I didn't know who it was. I thought you were just talking. There's got a neighbor, Jimbo Fisher. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah. let me use lawnmower. Said when I when he's done with it, I can have it. Oh, Jimbo, he used to coach then, uh... over at Henry Clay. He was he was. Defensive backs coach for university. It, I think he'd be a good candidate for our next head coach. <laughs> uh, but uh, by the way, there's I don't know if, how much you listen to the uh, to the radio, but I, I always listen to Tom Leach do the the call of the game. Yeah, uh, on the radio, I, I use my iHeartRadio app. Yeah. And there's this commercial for some kind of medical group or something in Lexington, and it's this woman who comes on and goes. I was so happy when I went to this medical center. Now I don't have to worry about having a seizure. You know, it just, <laughs> it's just like, nice. Every time I hear it, it's just, really. They picked the most southern Kentucky woman, some 50-year-old divorcee, to be their spokeswoman. I remember my favorite commercial like that was there was uh, in Georgia. They had one, and I mean, admittedly, this is a serious subject. It was people who had hit road workers driving, and the whole thing was, the slogan was, let them work, let them live, or whatever. Yeah. Have you seen those signs anywhere? But they, they got this guy to tell a story about one of his friends getting hit. That should be heart-wrenching, you know, about yeah. he saw one of his friends get hit. He goes, but the guy gets on and goes, well, we were working a uh, overpass one day, and this truck come by, and uh, it going about sixty miles per hour speed limit posted for thirty five, and he slammed through the barrier. He hit my friend uh, Roy. Uh, he throwed Roy about ten foot, and Roy. And I mean, I feel bad because I'm driving, and I'm like, <laughs> like you don't want to laugh. You're like maybe people think I'm crying. It's road. I mean, yeah, but he's that very good. He throwed about ten foot. It's like you know they had to get like. They're like, okay. They had to go through auditions too. It's like, all right, people, come on. No, you can't speak English. Come on. You're no, wanna, you. I can't understand you. You're gonna want to no. bring that way down. <laughs> Let's try it again. See, I'm just thinking of Roy Williams standing on the side of the road, just like screaming, going, "Ah, dang him!" Just getting hit by some traffic <laughs> and throws, throwed him ten feet. But... <laughs> throwed him ten? No, ten foot. Ten foot. Yeah. <laughs> ten foot. <laughs> like I mean, one, smile oh. with your tooth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
PSA, PSAs are, are inadvertent oh, comedy. Yeah. Something I was thinking about, getting back to the, the football thing, how bittersweet now is that Tennessee win from last year? Because if we don't win that game, Joker's not our coach anymore. No, because Barnhart before the game said he was before the game said he's my guy. He's staying. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's so not... frustrating. I, but I, you have to think that there would have been a lot more pressure at that point. Yeah, yeah. It's I just, guess. Oh, I'm, I'm trying to move for the football because we're getting angry too much. I, yeah. Uh, well, I just, whole... I just get, I just get it. I, I, I'm so mad. Like I, I've been, it kept me awake. That's yeah. how angry I am. I mean, I'm so, and I'm not just mad because of what happened. I'm mad because me and you and half the Kentucky fan base, at least for smart reasons, said this was going to happen. Yeah, yeah, and it's unfortunate. You know, had we played that game against South Carolina, if it had been somebody other than Western, we would have been looking at this a whole different way. Yeah, you know, but it was Western. I, I know, I know, it was Western. But the way that the offense played. This the whole train wreck of Joker's tenure here at at UK is a lot like the the, the small few couple little things that went wrong in that Western game. The yeah. the three you know throwing three interceptions. Well, he threw four, but we got one back right at, at, on the same play, so it didn't really matter. But those interceptions, you know, I don't care who you're playing, you can't have that many interceptions in the first quarter and really expect to win. Well, wait, let me, uh, I'm, I pulled up because I did an article on where I, I covered Joker Phillips' press conference. Let me give you some of the, my favorite quotes from it. Okay, he said that the game was a hard-fought physical game, but Kentucky matched Western the whole way. And my response is, you matched them? You're, we're an SEC team, and you're saying it's good that we matched a Sunbelt Conference team? Yeah. Okay. Uh, the next thing that I liked is he was talking, you know, someone asked what he saw in the last play, and he says, they thought they had Andrews down, but he broke a tackle and was able to get at the quarterback. <laughs> I, you, I, have the, I have a link to the to the play. He, no one broke a tackle. He was untouched. I know. He was, so, that, that side of the field was completely vacant, and even if there was somebody there, he had a convoy of about four big, beefy Sunbelt linemen. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not just, he was trying to say the running back through the pass broke a tackle. Like, no, neither one of the players were touched. No. Yeah. Okay. Uh, here's a, here's one of my favorites too. This is I love this. One of the fans asked, you know, what did you say to your team? And Joker responded, goes, "What we say in the locker room is our business." Then he said, "I don't know what you told you when you told uh, your family today before you left. That's your business. Our locker room is our business." That's a frustration comment out of him i think okay but i mean come on i don't know yeah and the thing is it doesn't matter what he says at that point whatever he says if he says well i just told them to keep their head up and we're going to move on to the next game and people are like yeah right okay whatever or if he's if he says that he got on to him yeah and maybe did a rich brooks and just growled at him (laughs) threw, threw his tomatoes from his garden at him (laughs) <laughs> but that's not all like for instance you know someone asked you know like taggart took kind of a dig at us and he goes well yeah yeah he basically said i'm i'm too you know i got too much pride to do that it's like really you have too much pride? okay so <laughs> you're okay losing to western but no we're not you know he's not i'm not gonna say anything about them you know that's just uh, you know what taggart well, I, I can, all the digs I, at us he wants yeah they, they won the game and, and maybe that one was when he said wku red is the new blue maybe that was a little far no, he, he he deserves every right to say that. Well, every right. We just paid them five hundred thousand dollars to lose a game. Yeah, 
but I and I don't mind Joker saying I'm not gonna I'm not gonna denigrate another team. That that that's to me that's classy. I I, I don't care what other teams say. There's give him credit. He's always had that kind of approach. I mean, he's always been portrayed and and presented himself as being a a classy spokesman for for Kentucky. Any anytime he's at a public function or anytime he's uh, in the in the public eye speaking or, or doing something, he's always like when they did the West Liberty fundraiser. You know, he he made sure to call in, and of course, Cal then went. To, <laughs> Coach Cal went to West Liberty to do the fundraiser there for the disaster, the tornado relief fund. Yeah, I, I don't mind. I don't mind the, those comments as much. It, the whole the whole game was just frustrating, and I and I thought even when we were down seventeen to nothing. And came back to make it seventeen to ten. They're like, okay, we're in the game. And then I went and I what did I? I went and made dinner or something during halftime, and I missed the opening drive. So Western was up twenty four to ten, and then I didn't even notice the score until we scored. And so I thought we had tied the game at <laughs> seventeen. I was like, oh, oh, it's still oh, it's twenty four seventeen. Yeah, but hey, I, I'm I'm still. I'm still excited that the offense could actually do something still, though. I mean, that last drive that they had to tie the game, that Seth, was – what? It was, it was Western Kentucky. I don't care. I, you <laughs> That's know, not going to happen to the SEC. <laughs> I, I don't care. I, I'm, st- I'm still excited about what they did until we see them against an SEC team. Then I – mean, they, they moved the ball on Louisville, and Louisville's better than Western Kentucky. So I, I'm I'm still excited compared to last year. I mean, would you rather just see what was going on last year? <laughs> uh, I'd rather either one, but you, well, you can't you can't deny that what we have going on right now, scoring 49 points against anyone, yeah, or four, 45 or how much it was against Kent State, yeah, that's infinitely better than anything that we did last year. And I'm, even with the interceptions, I'm still excited about Maxwell Smith. He had back-to-back 300-yard passing games, which hasn't been done since I think Hartline did it maybe a few years ago. I think the excitement that we should have, the progress that we have made with the football team has just been overshadowed by the fact that we lost to Western Kentucky. Yeah. Which is unfortunate, but... By the way, I just had to change gear. I had to tell you, this just happened today, and it cracked me up. You know, I, I we're talking about, like, people who get paid a lot of money to analyze things and who are stupid. Uh, Stephen A. Smith, <laughs> you know, it's like, everything oh. I say is important. Stephen A. Smith, okay. I'm going to so, say it like this, enunciated. This, this just happened. I hate Stephen A. Smith. He's an idiot. The Onion wrote an article entitled, Stephen A. Smith Thinking Son is Finally Ready for the Sex Argument. I like and how about. I like how about, Karen is vacuuming right now. Like yeah, oh she's, yeah, she's angry that you're podcasting. Yeah. So <laughs> Stephen A. Oh, I have to tell you a quote Karen gave me about the podcast a second. But Stephen A. Smith is, you know, is son ready for the sex argument? Just as a joke, because you know Stephen A. Smith has turned everything into an argument. Yeah. Stephen A. Smith. This is from <laughs> the Onion. Stephen A. Smith then sends out four tweets, and they say, "This is in secession." I thought I'd heard ev- enough despicable lies about myself. Now there's some article out that I have a nine-year-old son, and I'm going to have a conversation with him about sex. Mind you, I neither have a son nor a nine-year-old. Which now that I'm like, wait, what? 
And they go, some redundant. people, some people are beyond despicable. No end. Sad what extent people will go to. Amazing how folks tried to tear cats down. Like how we refer to us yeah, cats. Cat. Try to tear cats down, primarily due to perceived power of the spoken word. Game, but too bad because I don't intend on going anywhere. Really, really sad though. Was this on Twitter? Where, where was this? Post? This was on Twitter. I was going to say then, that's uh, a really long Twitter message. Well, yeah, he, he kept he kept <laughs> tweeting. This was a, a series of four tweets. And then after a few minutes of getting ridiculed, he said, ha, huh, this is my favorite. They got me. I didn't know it was on satire. Got it. Beef's <laughs> got jokes. It's cool. Beef's <laughs> got jokes. It's like, uh, oh, yeah, I, I, I can't. I just, uh, Stephen A. Smith, you're such an idiot. How, how can you think? So I was talking to Karen, by the way. I said, uh, so, you know, I said, would you ever like to be on the podcast? You know, I was talking about how we had guests and stuff. And she was like, well... Yeah, I guess so, but I don't want to be there for the Dale part. <laughs> I was like, why? She goes, because I'd be really angry if someone had a podcast about how stupid I was. <laughs> I was like, well, that's, that's not our podcast. Somehow. It's just her, the best part of it. Yeah. Tell her when we're done with Dale, we're coming for her next. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I think this week is the first week we're going to start up because Brad... I guess we can get into this now because Brad uh, is the current trombone professor at the University of Kentucky. Our friend Brad, you probably heard us mention him in stories. And Seth, I asked Brad a while back, you know, would you ever want to do this? And his response to me was, give me a year and I'll come on the podcast. There's a lot of like the Joker hire. It's turning into two years. It's turning into three well, years. We need well, two no, years. <laughs> but it's not just that. Like like Brad said, give me a year. He goes, just I, I need a year and then I'll do it. And you have to understand, Brad as the teacher there can confirm a lot of the things because a lot of he stuff Dale said. He has the documents. That would... Yeah. And a lot of things like Dale would be like, oh, I've got so much paperwork to do. Yeah, Brad's like, yeah, that thing Dale t- said took two weeks. I did it last week and it took like a day. Yeah. So, you know, you know, he, he could confirm it. He also does the best Dale impression out of any of us by far. But the thing is, is that Brad's Brad's also probably out of any of us the best human being. Like Seth and I aren't good people. No, we're terrible. Brad, yeah, Brad's a good guy. I mean, he's he's like there was a time in college where I thought he might be the Messiah come back to Earth. You know, I mean, Brad's just that you know Better good day. of a guy. Well, yeah, that's true. So anyway, but I'm sitting there, I'm like, <laughs> so so, but he can tell some of these Dale stories. They're amazing. But he's like, well, that's now amazing. anyway. I'm sitting there, you know, talking to him. He's like, yeah, well, this is a couple of weeks later. He's like, yeah, Nick, man, I think uh, it might be a few years. I'm like, a few years? We're going to be done. We're going to be dead by then. <laughs> yeah. I I'm, I was like, no, 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 no. So we, we are holding Brad hostage now because we are going to start telling Brad stories. Yeah. And we're going to have some music for you. Cue it up. It was a ring of fire. The reason that... That is the music is because one day this is one of Brad's brilliant ideas. I believe is we used to have to drive to music and observations, and uh, I don't we at seven in the morning or something. Oh, earlier than that. Hour. Earlier than that, my little cauliflower. It was, it was yeah, way too early. And Laura Solomonson was there, and she was just grumpy as anything. She was a girl who was in the clarinet studio, and she was just angry while she we were in the car. She always wanted to come on observations with us. We we would. She would get so bad at us because we we had way too much fun and energy for that early in the morning. But she always would ask us for a ride. Like, can, can I go to observations with you? Like, Laura, you understand what you've just committed yourself to. 
yeah. another car ride with us. Yeah, and like we acted like idiots in the car and stuff, and she'd get kind of mad at us. So one day we just decided we were going to play Ring of Fire on a loop. Yeah, Brad had a, a one of those mixtapes or something, and we would always take Brad's car. So we put in Ring of Fire, and we, we're going to pick up Laura. Like, you know what we should do is we should play this over and over and over again in the car while, while she's with us and just see what she does. Yeah, it's 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 not a very inventive joke. We just no. you know, we'd sit there, you know, you're ba da 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 we'd play it and then after it was done it was like you know what song I'd really like to hear? Ring yeah. of Fire, Cash. Go for that. And we just put it and she didn't say a word. And because the, the, the best part was you actually had to rewind the tape. This was in the, <laughs> the prehistoric days where yeah, for for those of you listening like <laughs> so, yeah. It was a conscious choice. It wasn't like your hand just slipped and hit the CD skip track button. This was, we had to literally rewind the tape for 20 or 30 seconds and then push play again and get to the end. You know what I haven't heard in a while? Ring of Fire by Johnny Cash. That's such a great tune. We should listen to that. And so <laughs> it just kept coming on and on and on. And Laura would just sit in the back seat and stew. And just stew. By the way, Katie uh, just. Uh, texted me to say she'll be on in a little bit, so we'll have to give her ours. Katie is Brad's wife, and uh, she is she's so she's a wag of the trombone studio, wife or girlfriend. Um, so we're gonna have her on, but we're gonna start telling some Brad stories. And I think I'm gonna tell my favorite one right now. This is well, I don't know if it's my very favorite, but it's the first one that comes to mind. Is I think we've talked to you guys about like our obsession with pooping in the Singletary Center. The Singletary Center was the fine arts hall across from the terrible, dilapidated fine arts building. But the Singletary Center was actually a nice facility. We'd go over there. We had a friend named Chris. Uh, Chris walk, you know, walks in and sits down, and, and Brad's like, Hi, man, what's up, dog? And without saying anything, I mean, just unleashes the fury. Just like... <laughs> And Brad just starts going crazy. Brad's like, yeah, dude, that's what I'm talking Tear about. Tear it up. Tear, Tear it up. up. Yeah. It's like screaming. And like this, <laughs> this, this, this massive wall of sounds coming from the other side. Just <laughs> Brad's like, oh, yeah. You like the Kool-Aid man. And then finally, a completely unfamiliar voice yells back, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Brad had been yelling this 40-year-old man who didn't even... You didn't even know it was having diarrhea in a public bathroom. That's got to be one of the most <laughs> terrible feelings in the world. So Brad just very meekly got up and and let himself out of the bathroom. He's just screaming at this guy. Just, yeah! I'm finally, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, the, the poop stories from UK, man. The, the first floor fine arts bathroom. The, the people in the know would always go across the, the way to the Singletary Center because it was always abandoned. It's a typical fine arts center. Nobody in there. And the bathrooms were always pristine. So we would always go over there. But all the faculty at UK would still, for some reason, just use the first floor bathroom. And so it's right by the lobby. And the people you would see going in and coming out and the awkward experiences you would have if you ever did choose to use that bathroom, because it was inevitable. Anytime you went in there, somebody was going to come in, and it was going to be awkward. I remember one time there were there were three urinals. The bathroom was empty, and I went up to the far urinal. And no matter who you are, proper bathroom etiquette dictates that you always space yourself with one urinal in between, you know, for guys. 
Well, in walks Rick Clary, who is <laughs> the director of who is the director of bands at Kentucky. Current director at FSU. Florida State, yeah, yeah. And you know, I respect him a lot as a musician and as a, a teacher and everything. And he came right up to the urinal next to me. And Rick Clary is a very tall guy. You know, he's you know, six foot something. He's just looming over me. And he looks over. And I'm just kind of like looking straight ahead at this point. You don't was wanna... he looking at? Was he looking at the goods? Well, it was hard <laughs> to say because if you're looking down at someone, of course you're looking at the goods. It's unavoidable. But he starts talking to me. You know, he's like, "Hey, Seth, how you doing? Uh, just uh, do, uh, doing fine, doing fine." Yeah, and at this point, it's kind of like going. You know, you're you're in midstream, but you get stage fright, so it kind of shuts off, and you just you just want to get out of there. Ah, oh. and another time, Miles Osland was in there, and I walked in the bathroom at the absolute wrong time. Oh, Miles had angry dumps about that. <laughs> he, he was in. There were two stalls, and he was in the far stall, just. <sighs> Chicken a pop. <laughs> By the way, I just got a very distressing text from from Katie. It says, "Came downstairs. Brad says he's really concerned that me being on the podcast somehow get traced back to him since there's too much talk about Dale. Uh, he really doesn't want me to do it. <laughs> Sorry. What? How? She's she's got to tell her Dale story. Tell tell her that all we want is her one Dale story about the him punching her in the arm. I'm trying here. That's unacceptable. Un. Un. Three uns. Why does... Dale doesn't even... Oh, my gosh. You see the power this man has? Like, he doesn't even... <laughs> Brad's like, I can't do it. Oh, that's angry. Un. Oh, that angers me. Why Why does he care? Oh, man. That just... Tell, tell we're going to start telling Brad stories. Oh, I already did. Yeah. Well, I guess no Katie on the podcast today. That is disappointing. We just broke our streak of hot women on the podcast. We had a hot way. Katie's a beautiful girl, too. We had a hot woman streak going strong. Of two. And Dale just broke it, really. <laughs> yeah, Dale broke it. One more thing that Dale has ruined. Oh, well, I guess, I don't know. Do you have any Brad stories? We're going to tell Brad stories. <laughs> Do you have any? <laughs> Well, we could we could talk about how Brad had this habit of chicken hearting people. No, no, let's let's not do that one. <laughs> well, you j- okay? Um, we've already talked about how I pantsed him when we were over at Bill Kite's house. Yeah, she said she said we can tell the arm punching story. That's not the same. She said don't use. She said don't use my name. It's oh like, gosh, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like. See, I see, here's the thing with, with Dale. I don't care if Dale confronts me one day. He's like, "Why do you tell stories about me on the podcast?" And we're like, "Why do you give me psychological trauma and make me, you know?" But you know Brad, I would, I would feel, is. I feel bad. There are stories about Brad I can't, you know, tell. I, I can tell you one story that Brad was there for. Uh, Brad could confirm this one. This is something Brad did was stupid. But I was in a. We had um. We were hanging out in his dorm room. This is we lived in the same dorm, and uh, Aaron Dale was his roommate. Aaron was Mormon. Now, I don't remember why we decided this was funny. It's really not. But we would, anytime he, 
he would mention something. We call it his Mormon whatever. Like he was talking about how, oh yeah, I have to get my uh, radio. It's like your special Mormon radio, <laughs> you know? Or is that, and I, I mean, it's it's be, like my best friend's Mormon, so I think that's why I felt like I had a right to make fun of people that were Mormon. I don't I don't know. I mean, it's mean, but we would or he'd be like, hey guys, uh, I got to go to the bathroom. It's like, do you need to use a special Mormon bathroom? You know, we do all these jokes and stuff about Mormonism. Well, one time I'm sitting on on Aaron Dale's bed because Brad's sitting on his, and I look down and there's this weird pair of cloth shorts. And I look and I'm like, um, what is that? And he's like, well, uh, Nick, I wouldn't mess with that. I said, why? He goes, that's uh, Aaron's sacred Mormon underwear. <laughs> I figured he was Joe. Yeah. I was like, oh, really? This is sacred Mormon underwear. First, it didn't look like underwear. And I'm like, what? He goes, no, it's Nick. You really, I, I know we joke around, but no, he goes, sacred, huh? I'll fix that. And I pick it up, and I mean, I, I did things with this underwear I can't repeat on the podcast. I mean, you know, I'm sitting there riding it like a horse. I'm putting it on my head. I'm, like, running around the room. <laughs> Dale's like, or Dale. Brad's like, Nick, man, seriously, that's that's Aaron's sacred Mormon underwear. You can't come to find out that Mormons actually do have sacred garments they're yeah. supposed to wear. Yeah. And I had just defiled them <laughs> completely. Were there, were there skid marks in awkward spots, too? Like, inexplicable? Just no, like... no. <laughs> well, after I got done, yeah. But, I mean, you know, I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I uh, I don't know what got it. I, I, every person, I've, every Mormon I've ever told that story to never laughs. Like, I've met Mormons, so you can make fun of anything. Like, you can make multiple wives jokes. You know, you can talk yeah. about Adam and Eve being from Jackson, Mississippi, and Native Americans being Israelites. And they'll laugh and laugh and laugh. You can show them the South Park episode you know, where they make fun of Mormons, they'll laugh. And then I tell that story and they just, they don't laugh. Like they, or they don't even, they're like, really, you did that. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, Oh, that's bad. So, Hey, I, um, what was it? I have a, a Dale, a Dale story request for you, Seth. Okay. But before we start it, you know what I need you to do? Well, actually, you know what? I just forgot. We need to answer questions. Yeah. Let's take some questions first. Okay. We have real questions actually. I probably shouldn't say. <laughs> uh, the first question comes to us from I don't know. Oh, Rich, Rich on Twitter. He asked, "Is Mitch Barnhart dumb enough to bring Joker Phillips back for 2013?" Yes. Yes, I think he he is, and I'll give my reason. You can give your reason. The reason I think he's dumb enough to do it is because he. I don't. I don't think he real. I mean, as long as it brings in money, as long as the football team brings in money. I think he'll keep doing it. And I mean, I think at this point it's almost a fan defiance thing. You know, I mean, the, we don't listen to the fans, you know, Oh, well we know what we're doing. I think Mitch Barnhart has done a great job, but I think he feels threatened by it because everyone called this. Mm-hmm. This is his call and he was wrong. And I, yeah, I know it might pr- be an ego thing. He, he just may not want to be wrong. Yeah. And, and there is something to be said for it. It's going to be hard to find someone to come in after this, crap fest that we've done and go to the sec school with the lowest recruiting base as far as you know high schools around it but you know i could see him possibly doing that seth you agree yeah yeah i agree it's again the the blue tint on on your glasses from joker being a kentucky guy someone who if he does succeed won't leave the program but again it's it's one of those i've seen nothing from the defense to make me think that we have a, a shot i mean they, they brought in rick binter from a indiana state Indiana, school. the linebacker coach from indiana state yeah as your 
up-and-coming defensive guy who was going to – big name was going to change everything. We were seeing how that worked out. I mean, we just don't – we don't have the personnel to do anything. We don't have the personnel to do Rick Minner's defense. We don't have the personnel to do a traditional 4-3 defense, a pro-style defense. We don't have the personnel to do anything right now. We should yeah. just put wheel blocks of soft, warm butter uh, onto the field, you know, big, big butter sculptures of our players, and, yeah. and see how they do against the Sun Belt. Yeah. The, this is sort of a question, but uh, Kevin, which is Joe, Joe J's brother, Joe J's brother, yeah, Kevin, right. Kevin asks uh, if you have shown me the how to get down in the I-formation three-point stance that you do to help me win fantasy football games. Uh, you do that in general anyway. Remember your three-point stance? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a traditional football stance, and usually... That would the three point stance would preclude somebody getting National Geographic. Yes, uh, <laughs> which we could we could tell some National Geographic stories. That would maybe uh, not today, but that would be that would be good material. Yeah, it could come back to haunt you in court later. When I try to get a job, you know, if yeah. I, when I'm trying to get a job like what Brad has, then uh, you know, on episode nine of the Ramble Beach Cast. I am so I am still so angry. I'm still getting texts from Katie apologizing for not being on the show. I am so mad right now. So don't talk to me right now, Katie. Yeah, it's like I Katie. You were an independent woman. Yeah, yeah. You don't let no man tell you what to do. Mm mm. No, Mm-mm. you don't let no man tell you what to do. Mm. I'll tell you. Here, here's here's one thing that's awesome about Katie. I remember uh, why Katie would have been a great podcast podcast guest is I was visiting her and Brad and we were up talking late at night and we're in their living room. And uh, while we're talking, she has a baby monitor and it starts going off and her youngest kid. Who's, I don't think he's how old is her youngest kid now? Not very old. Like no, maybe a year or two. Yeah. Starts crying. And uh, she gets up. She's like, Oh, Nick, hold that thought. Wait one second. I figured she's going up to check out the thing. She just goes up, gets up and turns off the monitor <laughs> and sits back down. <laughs> Like, yeah, right. oh. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. You let him sit and stew in his feces. We have company. Yeah, but I mean, we, we you know, yeah. Did you just fart? No, that's a motorcycle outside. Oh, okay. <laughs> that. that was yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. But uh, but I'm just I'm just so mad. We were gonna. I was all prepared. I was like, we have a guest here. You know, we'll we'll, we'll get angry about football for a minute, and then then we'll get our guest. And that's all we have. Now we have Katie, is our anger. Yeah, I mean, that's all we've ever had. But you know, like we had Kate last week. You know, she was a great guest. She helped soothe our anger a little bit. But all right, so uh before we get to my request, Seth, we need you to cue some music for us. Uh one, two, see what you can do. Like one, two, see what you can do. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> he always count off, count us off like that. And we would start laughing, and he goes, ah, oh, you guys like it when I do that. <laughs> so you would do it again. <laughs> we can't play because we're laughing. <laughs> okay, my, my Dale story request is the time that he said he was late on purpose. <laughs> I wasn't yes. there for this. I just I just want to hear you because this is one of my favorites. Yeah, this is... I. 
I forget what I was doing in the fine arts lobby at 9 a.m. I don't know. I don't know what I was doing, but I, w- I was there early one weekday morning, and I'm sitting in the lobby. There's no one else around. And in walks Chris Holland, who is another Tremont Studio member at the time. He, he was more of a jazzer, I guess you could say. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, so Chris Holland shows up and goes over to Dale's office. And knocks on the door. Nobody's there. This is, it's 9 a.m. So Chris Holland comes back around. Doesn't really say anything. Yeah, I'm literally, I'm just sitting there the whole time like nobody notices me. And then about 10 minutes after 9, you know, he's supposed to have a 9 o'clock lesson. In walks Dale, carrying his trombone and his coat and his, you know, with his hat on and his dark socks. And he goes up to Chris Holland and Chris Holland's just waiting there. He's got his horn with him. And Dale looks at him and goes, Yeah, so, yeah. See, I was late on purpose. Wait, wait. You're leaving out my favorite thing that he was, like, breathing like. Oh, yeah, he yeah. Was... He's, 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 he comes in and he's kind of. <laughs> so, and I look the, out, the... I look out the, the front of the fire arts building and Dale's car is there, his blinker. Yeah, he's got his hazards yeah. on. So, like but that's the thing is when he, when he when he pants he goes <laughs> so so how does it feel with, yeah. with dale panting and saying how does it feel something bad has just happened yeah yeah but anyway and, and, it, and it sounds a lot like dale is in mid-coitus where he's just <laughs> oh, like God. okay no. so do you like this or not because yeah, <laughs> oh, i can change articulations if you want <laughs> oh, you are gross. You are really gross. I wish you hadn't said that. All right, go ahead. So, yeah, he comes up to Chris Holland. I'm sitting there witnessing this whole thing. He completely ignores me. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, I was, I, I, I was late on purpose, yeah, to, to, you know, to show you, to prove a point, yeah. How does it feel when you're waiting around for someone and they're not there? And Chris is just like, uh, yeah, not good. <laughs> it sucks. Uh, what do you want to hear from me, Dale? Yeah. Uh-huh. So, and so they go to the office, and Dale drops off his stuff, and you see him running. He'll, he'll he would run from his office every time he he would go. Like if he had to go park his car, he would run to his car and then drive to the C lot, which was you know, maybe a, a block or two away, and you'd see him running back. <laughs> Which was just awkward, you know, wearing jeans and dark socks and running. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he comes back in, and it's, you know, it's 9.20 at this point, and he's just... <laughs> I, I liked it, like, because he would, would he'd be late, he was late all the time to, to school in the morning, and he'd get there, and, like, things would happen, like, he would always go to the E-Lot, which the E-Lot was the one right outside Fine Arts, and there were never parking spaces. Yeah. But if Dale was out there, you you had to go watch it because sometimes his car would bottom out. Like he would he would like turn around, and go, Rrr! and you see the whole thing like bottom out as he went. Like he never quite got control of that. And then I remember there was one time he uh, he left the car out there yeah. and forgot and it was blinking. And like Dale was in there teaching a lesson with Brad actually, and you know I, I forget I think it was somebody went in and knocked on the door. I was like, uh, Dale, yeah, he goes. Your car's been out there for like five hours with a blinker on. And he picks up his keys. He goes, ah, sh-. <laughs> he goes, ah, you know what? I, I bet I have a ticket. I've got a ticket. I've got a ticket. I bet I have a ticket. It's like, yeah, 
Probably. <laughs> if you leave your you're in a fire lane with the blinkers <laughs> on for five hours, I'm surprised you weren't towed. Yeah, be but glad, yeah. glad of tickets all you got. If that... <laughs> yeah, but he would always, you know, just run in and like, but yeah, that was my favorite. Yeah. So how does it feel? I was late on purpose. Was... Like, oh, oh, sure. Okay, yeah, that's what. It's so like he, he was leaving the house at 845 going, ah, sh- I'm going to be late. And then he, he would you know, come in, you know what I'm going to do? <laughs> he's plotting he's plotting this you know. i'm gonna i'm gonna I'm say gonna, i did it on purpose you know chris was late one time you know way back in october and you know i'm gonna prove a point i'm gonna i'm gonna yeah you know, it's my job to be a mentor to all of you teach you about punctuality oh <laughs> i'm gonna be late on purpose um you know what I'm gonna do? Yeah, he's sitting in the car by himself, just like yeah, I'm gonna. I bet sometimes he thinks he's talking to Janet. Janet's like walked out of the room. He's like, hey, you know, Janet, where, where did you? Where are you? Yeah. Or, or she's there and she's just got this drool coming down inside of her. Head. <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you. The time I got mad at Janet was the mud flap incident. Oh yeah. I will never. We were so mad. Me. This is another Brad story. Brad was involved. We Dale got a new truck. And to let you know, like, we didn't completely hate Dale. There were some times of, of, of love there between it's all of us. We, humanity and, yeah. yeah. We we bought him for his truck. We bought him these mud flaps. And they were these mud flaps that had Yosemite Sam on them. And they said, back off. Yeah. Which I thought was hysterical. And he loved them, too. He's like, yeah. Uh... We'll bring him over, like, look what we got, these mud flaps. And Dale's like, ah, oh, that's, ah, oh, that's funny. That's yeah, funny. <laughs> that's how Dale would laugh. We have to talk about how Dale would laugh. Because well, he would, yeah. he, he had he had a handful of just a handful of laughs that were equally ridiculous. Yeah, you know, one was if it was something that was just mildly funny, and we go uh, like that. It was some this kind of nasal sound. We we always wrote it down as C H Z Z Z Z when we would text <laughs> each other. Type you know, yeah, when you see that sound, you know it's Dale. In Nick. fact, Kate, Kate Shannon from last week, she texted me this week um, and said, Nick, call me back ASAP, yeah. <laughs> And then he would also, if, if something were, if he, he would do the, if something was going wrong or somebody, it was a joke at somebody's expense or something. But then he, if it was something that was just kind of moderately funny, where you just get a little chuckle out of it, he would just go, eh, eh. How funny. How funny. Instead of laughing, he would say, How funny. <laughs> but yeah. I think the best one, and this led to all sorts of bad impressions and outbursts in the hallways where we thought we were going to get you know, caught. If something was really funny, he would just pause and go, <laughs> That was a good one. Yeah. I remember one of the few times Dale was really like cool, like funny was yeah, I, had, I had to be in a car with him for some reason. And we were driving down right by Memorial Hall, you know, the, the place where UK's women team plays and the men's team practices and stuff. We're driving by and there's this like amazing looking girl standing there, but she turned around. Yeah. Dale and I instantly noticed her. I was like, hey, Dale. And he looks up and like we're, we're driving kind of slowly and Dale's like, oh, come on, baby, turn around. Yeah, which is kind of creepy. Was I think about it now. Yeah, I think so. But 
but we were at the time like we thought you know we were both because this, this girl just looks amazing you know from behind i guess just long blonde hair amazing you know figured out he's like oh, come on baby turn around turn around and she turns around and i mean it, it was it was not the same on the other side. I'm just saying that. And she turns around and like you know I'm like whoa and Dan's like ah! we're all screaming we're like ah! that was Dale being sexual man he would he would I remember there was a time when he would there was this like a semester where he would eat lunch his veggie sandwich uh, outside. And yeah. he would go out out to the lawn, and he would just watch the college girls go by. And we <laughs> come up, Dale. What are you doing? Uh, you know, I just, I just got to get over all this sexual stuff. Oh, come, come on! What? Are you doing? What? Yeah, I, I think it would be much funnier. He's like, uh, you know, don't hate the player, hate the game. You yeah, know? yeah. Players gonna play, and haters gonna hate. And you do still work on your chow attacks. And you're a terrible <laughs> person. <laughs> I got we we talked about scale exams last week, and we and we didn't tell probably my best comment. Uh, whatever when when scale exams came around, where we had the the scale sign up sheet on the door uh, on Dale's door, and we would every semester we would have to go and sign up for a time. You get a little ten minute slot or whatever to yeah. go play your scales and. <laughs> One day, I just said, "Wouldn't it be, would it be hilarious if instead of setting our names?" No, no, we can't tell the story on the podcast. I don't want. No, no, we can't tell that one. No, that's oh, gonna, it's the no, best. No, that's going to have to be on the special adult Uns- content uns- podcast uns- that you have to pay two dollars for. <laughs> that that story cannot go on the podcast, I, right. and I know what you're talking about. It's. Yeah hysterical i still laugh about it karen laughs about it. karen gets tired of hearing the same stories and that's what she still enjoys but yeah that one that one we are 99.9 percent <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's yeah. yeah if we have enough if we have enough uh we have enough people that want to um want to have a special and like i was thinking if, if we ever do this podcast there are lots of stories we can tell that we normal like I would like to tell about my bachelor party and what happened to you. Oh, oh. that's another one we could never tell on. Yeah, yeah you see what we I mean? Swore we swore that we would never. Uh... Yeah, come on, we both told that story so many times now that that yeah, that oath is dead. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, and that's the thing is we make it two dollars, and you know my my parents don't know about that story, but they want to pay two dollars to find out. Oh. They can pay it. My parents don't know that story either. Yeah, I know. That's you see. That's there's the 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 mature audience podcast. I don't want them knowing that story though. That's really <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't your fault. What happened? I know. It wasn't but your fault. It's not that point. You know, it, it's not that. That's the issue. It's the fact that I was even in the ballpark. That's you know, true. It's not... <laughs> okay. That's a good point. I don't want to talk about it, but if you guys are interested in a in a special edition mature content, must pay for it. And I mean, no, it's we know we wouldn't make a lot of money, but you have to understand. Like for me, for my job, you know, I have to be careful. Like I'm already worried about some of the things Seth said about Dale being in the throes of passion. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I have to, we have to be a little bit careful. And you know, as we edit out cuss words and stuff. But the the adult content one, it wouldn't be that all of a sudden you'd hear cuss words flying. It would be stories of things that we we normally can't tell. Mm-hmm. 
there there's some stories that are really good that we we like we'll talk about it after the podcast and we'll say oh we couldn't tell that story and by the way once again thank you no one i got questions over twitter and facebook today no one for using the email at all email's archaic now nick it's all about texting it's and sexting and Facebook questions poking. at ramblingbeachcat.com. You stupid idiots. No, I'm sorry. I love you. <laughs> uh, you stupid cow. Why are you <laughs> Why are you not using email? I don't even know how to use email, and I still can send questions. Do you ever, by the way, if you're ever on Twitter, do you ever watch the stuff that's like trending and get scared? Like right now, trending on Twitter is hashtag Muslim rage. Oof. I'm kind of like, what? I think fake Lou Holtz needs to oh. jump on that hashtag or something. Yeah. But uh, there's other things like, I remember one time I saw Brett Favre Twitter uh, trending. I was like, oh no. <laughs> what do you do now? <laughs> These are my special wranglers. We're sorry that we got a little bit angry. We had, we had to get some frustration. This one, this one was for the Kentucky football listeners. We had neglected them. In the past few uh, podcasts, so I'll make uh, sure we cover our bases. All right. Well, Seth, do you have anything to say to our, our loyal listeners? We're sorry, by the way, we didn't have Katie. That that was unexpected. Is Joe coming? Where, where's Where's he at? Is he coming? Oh, he won't house? be here until a little bit later. We're going to go watch the Falcons probably get destroyed by the Broncos. Ooh, yeah, that's tonight, isn't it? I had a conversation with, with Joe earlier. He sent me a text wishing me with, ha- happy with who? birthday. With who? Oh, sorry. Yeah, Joe. Okay. He uh, sent me a, a text saying "Happy Birthday," and he said, "I hope you get a good football taping with Lou Holtz doing commentary tonight." And then he sent another message saying, "Ah, stupid autocorrect," and we'll leave it there tonight. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Taping. I don't want to... taping. It oh. autocorrect the word taping. Oh, oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, that killed the end of the podcast because I'm sorry. I had to explain the joke to Nick. I have trouble with things that you have to think about sometimes. Yeah, at least we got to some good. Yeah, and Brad, Brad, you are on notice now. Officially, my friend. My friend Officially it's, on notice. This is now. Yeah, this is now. We're ring of fire. When you hear that queued up, when you hear the trumpets start playing, that Here means a comes. Brad story is coming. And I mean, we we've got Brad stories. We've got we've got a whole treasure chest up. <laughs> a whole pleasure chest. <laughs> yes, <laughs> oh, yes. We have we have stories. Uh, some of them we won't tell. Don't worry, Brad. We won't tell any of the really nasty ones. But but thank you everyone for the the birthday wishes. I know the six of you out there listening are saying, "I hope this guy has many other birthdays and hurries the hell up with them, so you know he can uh, get off get off the podcast waves." And, uh, thank you all for not using the email. I appreciate that. Yeah. And we'll see you all later. Thanks so. for listening. Oh, <laughs> 